Hello and welcome to another live instalment of the Empire of the Cop podcast. You're just going to have to content yourself with the two of us here today. We have our very own Peter Kenny Jones and I will be your host, Farrell Keeling. And what a hell of a game we have in store of us on Sunday. It's a visit, of course, to the league leaders. Arsenal, not Manchester City, um, which, you know, even eight games into the season, I don't think many of us uh, could have seen that happening. But, you know, certainly the quality of football they're playing, they've earned their place there. Uh, We'll get up to that shortly. But first, we have to announce, of course, that Liverpool, the city of Liverpool, will be hosting Eurovision. I think when Klopp was asked about it, Pete, he was sort of like, (laughs) you know, I'm not really too sure. Obviously, England isn't his native home so you know i'm sure you know if someone asked one of us you know about a a, a german festival or, or something you know what i mean We'd be like oh i don't know i'm not sure you know you know i mean i don't know maybe, maybe he'll get into it now maybe he'll have tickets ready to go and he'll 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 dive into the spirit of eurovision who knows and um, how, how you how are you feeling about it because obviously you're living in the city so it's it's quite a momentous occasion yeah, um, yeah, but it's, it's all right, isn't it? As I mean, Mrs. ran in to tell me, so I feel like <laughs> there's a lot of people who are going to be happy to um, to see it happen. I just say it's good for the city. It's all stuff like that. Obviously, we get a lot of tourism from it, and it should um, even if you don't go, if you just go in the city, it should be like a, an interesting vibe. I think they do a couple of days, don't they? And they do like the, the semi-finals and everything. So it should um, should be an interesting time to um, go and have a pint in town and, and see what. Um, what people you bump into, there's always some mad heavy metal bands and all well, all the gimmicky acts. You know, you never know. Jedwood might make a comeback. What a time to be here! What a time to be around! And hopefully, the Reds are doing better by then too. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, I mean, we've certainly started a lot better. Um, Two 0 win um, against Rangers at Anfield and a thoroughly, thoroughly improved. Performance. I mean, we've all seen it, you know, in terms of the eye test. It was very clear that we were playing a completely different system. I mean, the key thing about this is a two-man midfield, which given, you know, the, the issues that we've been having in the midfield department, I think you, you'd have surely thought that at least a few reds would have kind of gone, well, you know, we've, we've dropped a midfielder then. We've dropped the best holding midfielder in the world when we're struggling in that particular department. But the performance certainly didn't reflect any issues in the middle of the park. In fact, if anything, we looked the most assured that we have arguably all season. There was defensive stability. We were creating chances. We controlled the middle of the park and pretty much pinned Rangers to their own third for much of the proceedings. I, I don't think that's over generous to say, is it? Yeah, I think it's important to note that I don't think Rangers were necessarily the best opposition we've had at Anfield this season or definitely in the past few years. But it was... It was refreshing to see something different, and that's not me having to go cop at all. It's just you know we have had a pretty much rigid four three three for most of the time he's been here, so it was just nice to see something different and see how he shaped up for it. I think it was the uh, the Palace game when Nunes got sent off. Um, Klopp made the sub to keep the three up front, and we had I'm pretty sure it was Fabinho and and Hendo for a bit or whoever it was. It was Tefo two in the middle, and I think we looked fine then. And I think games against Rangers, no disrespect, Palace, Bournemouth. So people that we've had at Anfield, I think that we can afford to have two in the middle because we expect to have most of the ball, most of the games that we play. So I'm sure we'll touch on it. It'll be interesting to see whether the Arsenal and City games reflect that that same formation. But you know, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be something that we can definitely use. Now we know we've seen it in the game, and you know, as I just said, then there's so many times where we have a lot of the ball 
and we're trying to break teams down and having an extra man up front definitely won't hurt us. I think with Nunes, he looked like to really suit it because you know you saw that heat map of where he was in that game. He was everywhere across the front, you know, left wing, right wing, through the middle. And to have him be able to do that and not leave himself short in the middle, you know, Jota was always there and you, you've always got the, the two wingers cut inside. I think it, it did add something that was quite interesting. And, you know, I think Bobby Firmino would work really well in that as well. Obviously, he didn't start. He'd be perfect for, you know, dropping into that number 10 and going to help the midfield if it did need it in the middle of the game. And it's always easy to change out of it. It's just one midfielder you bring on. And it's, you just take one of the, the four forward players you've got on. And most of the forward players can play anywhere in the front three now. And it's an easy sub, as you say, you're in Hendo Thiago for being your one. And it seems like, I think it'd be a, a good option for the future. I know a lot of people said five at the back as well could be something we use. And we might see that later on. But yeah, as you touched on, it's, it's seemed interesting that we've had hardly any midfielders. And now we made that decision to get rid of a midfielder from the team. And it did seem to work quite well. I don't know whether, whether you agree or what you thought on it. No, no, I completely agree. I think we looked, I think as we were saying at the start um, the podcast, I thought we looked the strongest we have all season. I think obviously the thing that's been quite commonplace on Twitter is, you know, it, it's only Rangers. It's, you know, it, you know, don't don't get too cocky about sort of the season because you've got to bear in mind, you know, we beat you know, Ajax 2-0, then international break followed and then didn't do so well. But I, I think... I think it's disrespectful to a certain extent of Rangers. I think, you know, I have to absolutely emphasise, you know, by no means saying that Rangers are of a similar calibre to a team like Ajax or of, of Napoli. But I think it's ultimately disrespectful to just go, it's only, only Rangers. It's, it's, you're in the Champions League group stages. You know, you're in, you're in the top European competition that you can possibly be in. Anyone is a threat, you know, regardless. Yeah. You know, we've seen that with some of the results in the Champions League last year with some of the shock, shock, like giant killings. Anyone can beat you. You know, obviously this was a quality Liverpool performance. And I think we shouldn't take that away from, from it. Um, just to touch on those before you go off, sorry, before we do, if you go off Rangers, just to say I was had a team that beat Dortmund last year and got to the Europa League final. I know that's obviously what you were saying then, but and I just said they were in a great opposition. But as you say, I think people have underplayed how well we did. Did we did do in that match? Context is important, I think, in, in this case. You know, I think you know if they, if Rangers had beaten Liverpool, they were going, oh my god, you know, what a fantastic team, and Liverpool were terrible and all this. But you know, it's all, all too often Liverpool play well, and the excuse is, well, but they were poor. You know, they, they were this, that, yeah, but they were poor because we made them poor. You've criticised a Liverpool team all season for being for lacking defensive stability, for lacking any kind of control in the middle of the park. You know, this was the first. I suppose, real performance, I'd say, where we ticked all those boxes that we haven't ticked all at once uh, for, for all for much of, if not all, the season. Um, you, you mentioned about Diego Jota, because I think that there was at least a couple of players in that game that quietly had a really good game, but didn't necessarily get all the eights and nines on, on the scorecards at the end of the, uh, the match. But, you know, Jota, in terms of, Effectively playing a false nine, you know, dropping off into the midfield to help link up play. Jordan Henderson absolutely scintillating. The, the passing, I mean, there, there was one sort of lofted ball he played to, uh, to Darwin Nunez. I think Nunez was on the, the left side of the box, completely skips over the midfield, and, you know, realistically should have scored from that position. But I mean, it highlights a number of things. One, Jordan Henderson is obviously a very, very good midfielder. And when you put him in the right system, 
he thrives. You know, I think I think it's amazing how quick we are to forget that the minute the team isn't performing, we go Henderson, and I've been guilty of it myself. But you know, we go Henderson's thirty-two years old. We need to be looking at you know moving him on, bringing in some fresh blood. I think there's a grain of truth in that. We do need to be looking. You know, that, that's ultimately why Jude Bellingham is considered to be the top target of Liverpool Football Club next summer. We're bringing in an injection of immediate quality and youth, but he's still a f- fundamentally not just. He's not just a man on the pitch shouting at his teammates. He's a quality footballer. Um, Pat, it, it's obviously all within the context of you know we'd argue Thiago Cantara is of course a more technically brilliant midfielder, but you don't get into the Liverpool team and be the captain of the Liverpool Football Club if you're not already a good footballer. Um, so there's there's that to consider. Nunez specifically, I think, is worth talking about um, because he didn't get on the score sheet. But I think the general perspective, if you talk to Klopp, if you talk to his his teammates, is that he had a very, very good game. There's footage of him after the match, sort of intensely staring at Thiago Cantara while their heads are locked and, you know, they seem to be sort of revving each other almost up for the rest of the season. Um, I I just want to get your perspective on Nunez, because I think we talk a lot about his movement and, you know, there's plenty of arguments between Liverpool fans where you can have all the movement you want in the world if he's not scoring goals and he's your £64 million, potentially record-breaking striker, then what's the point of him? But, I mean, I'm I'm personally of the opinion of if he's doing the fundamentals in terms of making those runs into the box, forming a relationship with the likes of Salah and his fellow forwards on the pitch... That, for me, is the hardest part of it. And once the goals start coming, I don't think they're going to stop. Yeah, obviously, from watching him, I think, just just seeing him there, he just doesn't stop running. And, you know, there's a lot of times you watch all the classic pundits, there's two different things he say, you know, he's getting desperate for goals, he's moving himself out of the six-yard box, he's just standing in the middle of the pitch, put the ball in the back of the net. But at the same time, you know, they're saying that if the chances aren't coming, that's when you start worrying. And so it's hard to know which one of those two easy lines you can use to describe him. But he just looks like a player that needs one, two, three goals under his belt. And then you feel like they're just going to start coming. You know, he came to Anfield last year with Benfica. You know, he's playing with the worst team. There's no doubt about that when he was with the Portuguese side. And he came there and he caused havoc to our defence. And he obviously scored the goal as well in the cop end, I think. You watched him then, and it showed that he obviously had the bags of confidence at that time. Now he he doesn't have it because he he hasn't he hasn't scored the number of goals he probably would have wanted to at this stage of his of his Anfield career. But he's definitely a handful for defenders, and you know there's no way that you know, Ben Davis and the rest of that Rangers backline would have said, "Oh, we'll happily play against him all the time" because he was going left, going right, going through the middle, won the free kick that Trent scored from. You know, it was, it was, there's quite a few uh, compilations afterwards. It seemed like it was him versus Alan McGregor at points where he just couldn't get the ball past him. And, you know, Alan McGregor's a good goalkeeper. All you need is one dodgy keeper that goes through. Yeah, I think we saw in, in pre-season when he um, played against Leipzig when he got the four goals. We saw then maybe the keeper wasn't great, but that confidence was, was massive for him and probably helped him into the community shield. It, you just need one of them. You need to... in a proper game, we can say, in a league game, Champions League game, he just needs that little bit of luck, get a few goals in, and I think he'll start flying. You know, he can even compare it to what Peter Crouch was like years ago, how long it took him to get his first goal. But when he did, you know, he settled right in, and he was, he was a real threat. And Nunes hopefully can do the same. I think the one thing that he's going to struggle with is that he's going to be constantly compared to Haaland. And we can't deny that Haaland is doing absolutely miles better than him, but... Harlan's breaking every record in the book at the moment. He's on track for like 70-odd league goals and he gets a hat-trick every other game. So 
you can't really judge him against that. You've just got to judge him against a new player coming to the country. You know, there's, there's so many lines you can use that everyone always does. And he didn't pick the price tag. He just came to a, a really good club and he's so eager to impress. It's it's good to watch, but at the same time, you do think if he just goes, gets those few goals, calms himself down, I think he'll be a terrific player and we can expect him to score bags and bags of goals. And you know, We've signed him on a six-year deal, not a, not a six-month deal, so he's got he's got plenty of time to bed himself in. Absolute freak of a footballer, Erling Haaland. I think you know, I think we all knew, you know, even after the community showed and everyone was sort of uh, making comments and sort of saying, oh, you know, he spent this and all this. But I think we all sort of secretly knew it, it, he'll be fine. You know, he, he'll start bagging in the goals. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think those comparisons are just harmful at the minute because you are just seeing Erling Haaland just score hat-tricks left, right and centre. And as you say, he'll be breaking records this season. He'll continue to do that for the rest of his career, I should imagine, whether he stays at Manchester City for the next 10 years or ends up making a move to uh, Real Madrid or another European heavyweight. That's just the reality. Yeah, <laughs> But um, I, I mean, it, it's... It, if we, if we can move past those comparisons, I'm sure he I'm sure he has already. Uh, it's just a, it's just a matter of finding the back of the net. You know, he he's getting into those positions. I think it's a point that Klopp made in his press conference. You know, it, there's nothing to worry about because he's doing everything I want him to be doing. He's making the runs I want him to make. He's in he's in fantastic positions up in the up in the the forward line. He's doing everything that has to be asked of him. Bask, you know, the critical part, which is is getting the ball in the back of the net. And you know, obviously, like you say, we, we've seen a, a longer goal drought uh, with Peter Crouch, and hopefully, I think he goes on to have a a, a better career uh, than the than Peter Crouch. But uh, we'll, we'll see. No, absolutely no disrespect meant to him. Well, it was his third start as well, wasn't it? As well, which I think is important to note. You know, obviously, he he gave himself a stuttered start by headbutting Anderson from Palace, but it was only his third start. And if Shirt and as you say, no, he's had those periods out international breaks and, and Klopp's not played him for a few games, so he hasn't had like even three starts in a row yet. Never mind, you know, that was only his third start in the Liverpool shirt. So, and as you say, I think we're all, I think if you ask a proper Liverpool fan, we're all more than happy to wait and just wait for it to click. And it looks like it will, it's just a matter of when, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I suppose the question is going into Arsenal because I, I think you know, if, if we do compare it. Um, to Rangers, we can acknowledge fairly that it, it's a bigger text, a big, bigger test. Beg your pardon, in the context of the quality that's available on the pitch, um, you know, I think we will obviously go into this later uh, with, with our chat with Tom Helovich. Um, but there's a hell of a lot of quality as far as the midfield and the forward um, line is concerned. I think the, the defense is, you know, arguably their, their big sort of weak point, but you know, not 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 by a massive amount. Um, so the question going into it is, do Liverpool stick to the same formation that we used against Rangers? Do we stick to a two-man midfield and overload the forward line? Or, or does Klopp go for a more sort of reserved formation? Because I, I think it's... I can't see him going back to a 4-3-3 and sacrificing midfield control or defensive stability. Um, personally, I think he'll stick with the 4-2-3-1. But I, I don't know, where, where do you stand on this? Do you think there'll be a significant change? or will Because he, he said he liked what he saw against Rangers. He pointed, he pointed out, he said, you know, a little bit more structured. Um, we carried a lot of threat, you know, defensively secure. Like, so he, he seemed to sort of hint there that I'm, I'm going to stick with exactly that. But you never know with Klopp. Yeah, well, no, we've been crying out for a, a strong, positive performance where we, we look solid at the back and free-flowing up front and that happened in the last game. So, you know, some party would say, 
don't be stupid, just just keep it as it was and let's go again. I think probably Bobby for me, you know, was yeah, good point. Uh, probably Bobby for me, you know, will be someone you might bring in. Cause I, I know, as I said, I think he's probably the the, the most defensive minded of our forwards, and he, you know, he could easily drop in. And we know that I know you said before, Jota did really well, but I think maybe that's just a change in making. We've seen how well for me that was doing. In, you know, in the in the league this season, I think was it six goals, three assists, and eight games. Um, you know, I, I feel like you'd be harsh to not play him. Uh, I know we're not too sure what what's happened with Thiago. There's some thoughts he wasn't in training or whatever. So maybe again, it's easy. You've had Fabinho with the rest. You can play Hendo next to him. Put Bobby in there. And as I said before, it's it's really easy to fix if Arsenal do what Brighton did and get a couple early goals, which fingers crossed and touch wood they don't. It's not hard to bring in midfield and on. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be fully fit. You know, Thiago, Arthur are supposed to be possibly out. Jones, maybe. But it'd probably be Harvey Elliott. And then you think maybe you are worth just having Firmino on because as much as I like Harvey Elliott, you know, I think Firmino can do a really good job in the middle of the pitch. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. I think a lot of fans will want us to keep what we've got. But at the same time, if he goes a bit more defensive, 4 3 3 that we're used to, um, I don't think you can be too upset with that either, really. You know, we are playing top of the league away from home. They're flying. They're a good possession side. They're going to have a lot of the ball. It's um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's obviously two massive games in the league coming off Arsenal and City. And I think whatever Klopp does against Arsenal, if it works, he'll do the same against City. And, you know, they are a bit of a, a maybe a City understudy or something. I don't know. What they are. Obviously, Arteta used to be there. Zinchenko, uh, Jesus. You know, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting couple of games, you know, and if we find something that works against Arsenal, it should work against City, hopefully. And, yeah, if you're pushing me for an answer, I'll say stick with what we did against Rangers. Put Firmino in for... Get it hard, isn't it? Who do you take out? Jota, maybe. And then you can bring Jota on. And then, hopefully, Nunes has a good start. And if not, you've got another option with, with Jota off the bench. It's probably what I'd say. So, I'll go for stick, but bring Firmino in. I suppose it's the only problem we've got, isn't it? When we do play that many forwards... Up top, rotating then then becomes so much more critical and and so much harder as well because we don't have, I suppose, that same level of of depth um, across the forward line. As you say, you you can bring in uh, Firmino, of course, swap him in for Jota. You can probably bring in Javier. I mean, Mo Salah generally doesn't really need a rest. You know what I mean? You can go for. 70 games a season. Um, I mean, he might not be at his absolute flying best, but you know his body is certainly equipped to handle uh, the, the stresses of that sort of workload. Um, so yeah, I think I'd absolutely agree. I think he, I think he'd keep the system. I think there's no. I'm not sure what else he, he would be. He would switch to. He said. He said. I think he said he had a, a day to work on that formation um, before playing against Rangers. And we sort of think, oh my goodness, you've had a day to work on that. And it's already that good. You know what? What could you do with a few more? I think you know it, it is going to be absolutely critical setting the tone early at the Emirates, and if we can really do the same thing we did, you know, at, at Anfield against Rangers, pin them inside their own half, restrict their fullbacks, and just chance after chance after chance, you know, you, you, you obviously you're gambling on Nunez finding the net, but you know, if, if that's the game where he does, and you open the floodgates, then you know it could be frightening. I think you know it, it's. Run the risk, I think, of, of us almost getting turned over if we stick, if we go back to a four-two-three and you know whack another midfielder in. But you know, as you say, if if, if the rumours are true that uh, Thiago is in fact injured following his absence from training, I think it make more sense to certainly stick with a, a midfield two as as things stand uh, rather yeah, than back. As well, sorry, 
sorry, just before you go on there, as well, Firmino, I think, much as well as uh, I think he's been playing, I think he's probably the worst of the front four, five that we've got to, as, to bring on as a, as an impact sub. You know, I don't think he necessarily changes the game as much. I think, you know, it, again, it is tailor-made to put him in and as I said, we can, you can change it up and with the injuries that possibly are in the field, it, it does seem to point towards why not just try it again and, and see what happens, yeah. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to push you for a, a score here. How, how are you feeling? Because we're coming up, we have to absolutely respect the opposition here. Um, I think this is a much improved Arsenal team. They certainly recruited well in the summer. We know the quality they already have with the likes of Martinelli and Saka, um, Martin Odegaard. So we saw the Ajax game. We got a couple. We got a, a three against Brighton again. I know a lot of stuff's been said about the Brighton game, but I think. The fact that we were two goals down and got ourselves back to three two up just showed there's a lot of still a lot of quality, a lot of good mentality within the squad, and we were really dominant and, and scored again against Rangers. And if anything, we could have scored more in all those games. It wasn't like we were lucky to get that amount of goals. So I think it's just about how well we do defensively. We look solid against against Rangers. Um, so hopefully we can we can keep them out. You know, it's it's whether. What happened at Brighton still scars them or whether they've fully worked that out and we, we're ready to go again. So I, I'm confident we'll score you know, at least two. We've, we've done it in the last three games. So I'd say two, I'll go for 3-1 Liverpool, which probably you might think for me is what might like me saying we're going to get beat. But I think um, I think that's probably something to go for. I don't think we, we probably won't keep a clean sheet with how well they're playing, but we've definitely got it in us to score several goals. And if we go straight at them with, with four strikers on the pitch, then... Yeah, no reason that wouldn't stop. Yourself? I think the key, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the key thing will be sort of what he tells Trent to do because he was he was under specific instructions at Rangers to hold back. You know, that sort of front four almost became front five, not because of Trent sort of bombing runs, but because Simakas was given the license to run run at the pitch whilst Trent was held back. So I think that that key instruction will will have to remain. Um, I, I think um, just to sort of maintain that sort of feeling of sort of defensive stability. Um, <laughs> I, I think we'll win. Um, I, I'm, I'm at, you know, I'm at risk of um, cursing it a little bit. I, th- I think we'll win. I think we'll. I think I think it'll be almost a potential classic. I think there'll be roughly five or so five or so goals. I think it'll be a three-two to Liverpool. I don't think we're going to go there and trounce them. But I think they're going to they're going to give a damn good fight. But I think if Liverpool can exercise the same principles that we saw against Rangers. Uh, against better quality opposition, I think yeah, no, no, no reason why Liverpool can't win. It's just obviously our t- arguably our toughest game uh, yet. No disrespect to Napoli, um, and that'll be our toughest game yet until, of course, we then face Manchester City exactly a week later. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think a three-two. I think we've got uh, Howard Butler's gone through a three-nil, a three-nil yeah. win. Oh, we, we, I, I tell you, what, I would bite your hand off right now for that, Howard. I really, really would. Oh, Let's hope me. that uh, Klopp's been playing all the Arsenal chants in training as well today, so we're, we're fully ready for it as well. Absolutely, we you've, got, you've, got, you've got to prepare for the cauldron that is the Emirates Stadium. Um, but yes, we have been the Empire of the Cop podcast with me here today. I've had Peter Kenny-Jones and I've been your host, Farrell Keeling. It's just been the two-man podcast for today as we discussed all the build-up um, heading into the Arsenal game on Sunday. Um, we've got a chat coming up offline. I'll add it on later in the edits uh, when we share this, of course, to our Substack, to our YouTube, and you can catch us on Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, podcast that you're currently listening to. to. 
Of course, Tom Helovich, DJ and Arsenal fan, will be diving into all things Arsenal, how he's feeling about Mikel Arteta's man and how he rates his chances potentially of Arsenal securing a first league title in quite a while. Be sure to catch that. For now, we have been the Empire of the Cop podcast. Take care. Goodbye. Uh, welcome back. You are listening to the Empire of the Cop podcast again. Uh, we're still here. It's Pete, myself, uh, Farrell Keeling, and we have a special guest, an Arsenal fan, Tom Helovich. Tom, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm oh, very well, thank you, Farrell. How are you? And Pete? Yeah, no. Okay. I, 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 we've awesome. been better. We've, we've been better, you know, so, as far as the uh, the football's concerned. But, I mean, from your perspective, I mean, you must be an absolute, you know, fantasy land at the moment, top of the table by a point, you know, leading ahead of City, playing some fantastic football. You you, you spent well in the summer. It, it's a really sort of well-organised project at Arsenal at, at the moment. It, it, is, um, is there a sense of unity amongst the fan base in terms of how you're feeling about your current prospects and how the team's gelling together? And importantly, of course, the main man, Mikel Arteta. Uh, yeah, of course. Like um, to be fair, me and Pete have known each other going on ten years now, and it's uh, it's usually me who's the upset one. To be fair, <laughs> the two of us when it comes to football, and it's uh, yeah, just things have things have really switched around. Um, there's a massive unity about the place, and you can just even see it, and you can hear it, and everyone's just together. And we have got such an amazing fan base that all we need is just good performances to just trigger that and just show it. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I've had a season ticket since uh, I was eight years old. Um, so I've obviously seen how good it can be. Uh, obviously, the Invincibles, everything like that. But um, I've also seen very, very, uh, very mediocre football as well. To be fair, and this is the best I've seen it in in a in a long, long time. So yeah, long may it continue. It feels a bit weird, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think obviously, as you touched on then, Tom, we have known each other for a while and you've had quite a few unhappy trips to Anfield. Obviously, this one is at the Emirates. But, you know, four times we played you last year, three wins and we got a draw. That nil-nil one when Jack got sent off and I think you you won nil-nil that game. You know, that was what you were going for. But, so we're in different form at the moment. So, without going maybe straight into it, obviously, you haven't done the best there at Anfield recently. But what about the form at the Emirates and, and what you reckon? When we come, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I think obviously this is a, a touching on from what we said before. This is the best time, this best time we've ever had to face you. To be honest, in the in however long I can remember, we've made at the Emirates a bit of a fortress as well. Like obviously this season, um, and I hope it can continue. I think we'll give we'll we'll give you a good game on on Sunday, hundred percent. Um, it's just all about that start, really, because I think we'll put a lot of pressure on at the start. It's just whether we can nab that goal, because you've seen it like when we when we were playing Spurs the other day. Um, we put a lot of pressure on them first, like 20, 25, and then we didn't score. And then they came back in the game. And obviously, like no, I think in these sort of games, form goes out the window. And whether or not you're in a little bit of a rut at the moment, you're still like multiple champions of Europe, won the league, still a force. So... Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a very, very tight game. Very, very tight game. Um, and hopefully we hopefully we can nip it with the home advantage because I think it would be different at Anfield. I mean, there's been a lot of 
sort of talk about the game and of course take into consideration Liverpool's um, form. Um, I think you've had Chris Sutton who's, who's now sort of taken care of the Premier League predictions on BBC Sports in, in place of Mark Lawrence and a former Liverpool star of course um, and he sort of come on and said well I think uh, Lawrence was always really reluctant um, to, to put forward that Liverpool would lose or draw a game um, but I reckon you know they're going to go to Arsenal and they're going to get absolutely hammered absolutely hammered by Mikel Arteta's manager. He predicted a 4-1 scoreline. Is, is there a sense of confidence that you could really pull one over Liverpool here? Or, or is it sort of still, you know, as you say, I mean, you take into consideration that you're still coming up against a side that have, has won the league, won the, the Champions League in the last five years. Is there still that sense of trepidation or are you sort of feeling confident that, as you say, if you put the pressure on right and you get that first early goal, you could really open the floodgates? It's definitely not a four-one confident. I can I can assure you that. I don't think I don't think we'll get to uh, to that stage. But I do I do feel confident. I've never. It's a strange feeling when coming up against Liverpool. Liverpool because it's just obviously just accepted. Like every time we when I sit in that fixture in the calendar, I knew we were going to lose. I knew that was a certain. Um, but I feel like I feel like we 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 we've got all the tools to win. We just got to, the crowd will be up for it. Um, and they'll all, they'll all be absolutely bumping for it. Um, and yeah, we're on we're on a title charge at the moment. And I think um, I think we can we we have we've got everything we 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 can to win. And I'm hoping we will. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with one 0 Arsenal, Ooh. which is uh, it, feel, it makes you feel sick saying that to me. <laughs> I'm hoping I, I'm hoping we can nip it. I heard you whisper the words title charge. Um, so, obviously, I think before the season, it was pissed as us against City, and it still very much could be we are in the start of October. But at the moment, you're top. Everyone's chasing you. What chances have you got? Do you reckon to win the league? You've got the free Haaland, you've got Jesus. But what um, what chances are there that we'll see Arteta with the Premier League title at the end of the season? Uh, I don't think we'll win the league, to be perfectly honest. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Um I think we could easily get second or third, easily, easily, which would be obviously a massive improvement. Like last year was a disappointment, um, and I think we could easily. We've got we've got all the tools. We've strengthened in the right places. Um, obviously, we've got Jesus now, Zinchenko. People are coming into form. Jacker Odegaard. We just got a really, really nice team there. Um, but as we've all seen, City City's just a bit of a cheat code, and they could win there. They could win the league with their B team. That's the problem, and we just not got that depth. Like when you when you look to our bench, they can do. You know what I mean, they can bring on Mares, um, Alvarez, all, all of them. Like they've just got a, a, a their B team is just unbelievable, and we've not we've really not got much to look at the bench. That's the only problem. So I think we could easily get second or third. I mean, you mentioned about having like the tools to potentially get a result over Liverpool and get high up the table. You know, you've certainly got a lot of quality in that first team. I mean, Klopp was speaking about your squad in his press conference uh, this afternoon, and he was talking about what a good job Arteta had done. Um, you know, lots of talent. You know, we, we know Klopp's a massive admirer of Gabriel Martinelli. We know he's a big fan of uh, Martin Odegaard. You, you've got some. Absolutely phenomenal. Of course, Saka as well. You know that forward line alone is, is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal and young as well. So you're thinking, if you can build around that sort of forward base, as it were, um, you you could really build an impressive sort of title challenging team. I suppose the question then in that regard is, if you're not going to win it this season, you reckon, how far are you away from competing 
uh, with a full strength Manchester City and a full strength Liverpool? Uh, as you touched on there, like the I heard it when we were um, when we played Odo Glimp on Thursday. Um, they said we got the second youngest team in the in the Prem, um, which is really impressive considering where we are. So hopefully they can just keep learning. Um, obviously mistakes will happen, but um, the way it's going, hopefully it can just it can just keep blossoming this team, and um, we can we can I think we can get some heights. I think we need. Probably need a good couple of centre mids um, and probably back up in probably centre back. And I think we, our starting 11 can go against anyone. That's the thing. We just need more depth, really. Um, and I think we can be up there. And obviously, it's not like it's an ageing squad or uh, they're coming towards the end of their career. Like these are, these are blokes that are 21, 22, 23 years old. So the future is definitely looking bright. I don't think, obviously, what where we were before. I don't think we, we're going to win the league this year, but we've got a young manager who's got obviously got good ideas and everyone rates him. So I think we can we can hit some heights and, and start challenging with City. Okay, well, I think obviously last question before maybe, I know you touched on your score prediction before we go for the final one. I want to ask maybe an unfair question. Things aren't going 100% right with Liverpool for whatever reason. Maybe if I speak from, from our side, we're probably all a bit biased of what we think's happening. So maybe an outsider opinion. Obviously, I know you live in the city, so you'll have more than half an eye on, on how we do. So what do you reckon's happened with Liverpool this season? We put you in the hot seat. What would you change? Why aren't we mm-hmm. where you are at the moment? Um, it's really weird, isn't it? It's just, it you, everyone goes, oh, it's Mane, it's Mane. But it's, it's not just Mane, is it? It can't just be just one player. Obviously, he had a massive impact on your squad and he scored a lot of goals. But pretty much it's exactly the same team, isn't it? So they keep on focusing on the pressing, don't they? And people not getting to the ball as quick and the intensity going down. And I think that might be a little bit of it when you look back on the um, how the centre mids run to the ball and how the um, how Van Dijk and, um, and Matip or, or whoever you, else you've got as centre back runs to the ball. Um, and I just think football as well is just confidence. Just when you when you get like a one bad result. It can just sometimes just just domino effect. Um, and obviously, like you've put a lot of faith in Nunes, um, and he's not got going just as of yet. But you'll be, you'll definitely be back. You're 100 percent to be in the top four. Just need to get out of this little rut. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a number of reasons, but mainly at the moment, I just think it's confidence. Just need one big result, and then you you'll be back in it. That comes on Sunday, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> set yourself up. Yeah. Well, you, you started the season absolutely brilliantly, Tom. You know, seven wins out of eight, top of the league, ahead of Manchester City, playing some great football. And I'm sure many an Arsenal fan will be hoping to keep the good times rolling uh, when Liverpool come to visit at the Emirates on. Sunday. Uh, before you leave us, um, I hear Pete tells me uh, that you are a DJ. Could you um, just let us know what you're, you're up to? Any sort of exciting projects on the way? Um, what, what, what's happening? Yes. Um, so I'm playing tonight in Liverpool, to be fair. I've got a headline, headline show in Liverpool tonight in 24 Kitchen Street. So looking forward to that. Um, so this is a nice little calm before the storm. Just have a, have a little chat about Liverpool's pressing centre-backs and then, yeah, we'll go and have a party. So yeah, it's uh, it's all good, and I've got a lot of music coming out over the next uh, the next few months. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at T Sounds 
Um, and yeah, playing all over in London, Manchester, Liverpool. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to come and have a dance, just let me know. Brilliant stuff. Tom Helovich, everyone. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Thank you.